Father, I thank you for this opportunity to be able to speak your word and to see those that are here, Lord. I know, I know, Lord, that many of us come in with a great many difficulties and struggles. And so, Father, I pray for, I pray, Lord, for the single moms here who are struggling, um, balancing job and time with their children, Lord, the difficulties that they go through, Lord. I pray that as a church we would come around them and be a blessing to them. Father, I pray for the married couples, Lord, that you would move in a powerful way within the marriages, that they would be submitted unto you. Lord, I pray for the families that would worship you and honor you and the singles that would walk uh, in such a way as to honor you with their bodies. And Lord, for those here who have stresses and struggles and tensions and finances that are just don't seem like they're enough, Lord, I pray that you would remind them that you are a God that provides and that you can be trusted. Thank you, O oh God, for giving us this opportunity to speak your word, to hear from you, and to worship you in all things. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So glad to see you. <coughs> How to hug a vampire. This, relation, this series is about relationships. It's about how to interact with others. And the fact is, is that most of life is about relationships. It's about how you get along with people, how you go forward, whether they're your children or your spouse, whether they're a loved one or, or boyfriend or girlfriend or longtime friend, whether they're, listen, in any area of life. I've sat um, um, among many people who were taking their last breath, people who were um, literally um, on their deathbed, literally. And whenever we talk, I find that those people, they never tell me about how much time they worked in overtime or how much money they made or how little money they made. You know what they talk about? They talk about relationships. They talk about the regrets and the joys that they have with mom and dad or wife and child. And so what we're going to talk about in this series is something that affects you in every way. Listen to me. Even if you have want nothing to do with Jesus, even if you came because it was a cool flyer or because your wife said that if you don't come, she's going to be really cold tonight, um, whatever reason you came, right, whatever reason you came, I want you to know that this is going to affect you deeply because all of life is just about relationships. Now, when you think of vampires, right, because the series is called How to Hug a Vampire, when you think of vampires, what do you think about, right? The, the bunch of us, if you're a little bit older, from a previous generation, maybe you think of Bela Lugosi. Remember Bela Lugosi? This is the guy we grew up with as Dracula, right? Or, or, or maybe you're more contemporary and you think, well, I'm on Team Edward, right? You think Twilight, right? And you think of vampires with good hair, right? And then just nice, nice, I wish I had hair like that. Um, and uh, you, you think of that. If you're, if you're young, you might think of Sesame Street's The Count, right? Right? Or it's, it's around 11.30, so maybe you're hungry, so maybe you're thinking of Count Chocula. Um, I don't know where you are uh, in thinking of vampires, but these are not the images of vampires that we're going to focus on. 
We're going to define vampires throughout this series as people who suck the life out of you, live for themselves, live self-centered and me-first lives, just try to get from you what they want, and then after they suck your life dry, they move on to another person. Ever met someone like that? This series is so important because we have vampires all over our lives. Sometimes there are kids, husbands, wives. So in this series, what we're going to do is we're going to progressively figure out how to uh, create boundaries. By the way, next week, you do not want to miss next week. Next week is all about creating boundaries so that whether it's your boss or your kid or your wife or your husband or your friend or uh, an acquaintance, whether it's your sponsee or sponsor, whether it's whatever it is, we're going to learn how to put boundaries so that you can live a happy, joyous, and free life even though some people around you are intent on sucking the life out of you. Now, week three is going to be amazing. Because there are some people that you just simply can't cut out of your life, right? Who are vampires. Isn't it true? Right? Can anybody say mother-in-law? Right? No, I'm kidding. That was bad. No, I love you, mother-in-laws. No, but, 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 but there are people, you just can't cut them off, right? You can't say, no, I'm not going to hang out with you. No, I can't. So week two is about boundaries, but week three is about dealing with the people that you simply, right? They're kids, they're, they're friends, they're bosses, that you just simply can't say, no, that's week three. So you don't want to miss a week in this series. But this week, today, one of the things that we're going to talk about is some of the things that you can tell a vampire by. And here's the deal, and this is really important. One of the things that you can tell a vampire, like you can, you know, sort of assess if someone's a vampire. Remember in the sci-fi movies? Well, you know that one of the things where they had no reflection in the mirror. They... They had no reflection. You know, I find that true about the vampires we're talking about as well. They don't see themselves in the mirror. They go, oh, oh, mom, you're, you're a vampire. Oh, brother, you're a vampire. Oh, husband, wife, you're a vampire. But they, listen to me. Some of you, your fangs are showing. It just, you... You're living in such a way as to suck the life out of those around you. And so before we put on our Buffy the Vampire Slayer outfit on and start hunting for the vampires in our lives, we're going to look here first. Because I think if we start here, we'll be more loving when we start looking out there. So... Um, here's the thing. Here's the definition of a vampire, and I'm going to do this over and over again so that you get it. Vampires are people who are me-first people. Who are, vampires are people who it's all about me. When they talk about the argument that they've had there with their wives, they never tell you their side, what they did. They only tell you what was done to them. When they're dealing with their children, they're only focused about themselves. Oh, but you're not. Listen, vampires, here, here's, the, here's the mantra of the vampire. It's, I am first. I am first. Do what I want. Do what I say. Have it my way. I, they are self-centered, narcissistic, 
self-obsessed people who, if you dare to walk on the sovereignty of their lives, they will hate you and stiff-arm you and repel you. These are the I am first people. Vampires. It's all about them. But I want you to know that self-centeredness is self-destructive. Even if you're self-centered, you don't want to marry someone who's self-centered. Even if you like being, oh, it's all about me. You only got one life to live. Even if it's all, you know, it's all about me. Even if that's you, you don't want to marry that person. You don't want to raise that person. You don't want to go to work with that person. You don't want to report to as your boss to that person. You don't want that best, that, your best friend, you don't want him to be an I am first person. You want them to be something different. This is so important. Listen to me. Because potentially there are people in your life that you think they're the problem. But the problem is that I am first. And you go, no, 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 but I just want good things for them. If they would just listen to me, if they would just take my suggestion, if they would just do what I said, things would be better. Listen, shh, I understand. I am first. This is the biggest problem in all of my relationships. I'd like to report to you that it's their fault, and they did it. And why do they act that way? And don't they understand? Listen to me. The biggest problem relationally in my life is I shake my fists in the air and say, I am first. You know, it's all about me. And it can be all about me in the silly things. Like um, when when I go on vacations or road trips with my family, I give myself permission to eat whatever I want. And so um, one time we went to uh, Friendly's, and I had a blizzard. Does anybody know what a blizzard is? Right? Oh, my. It's the anointed dessert, right? It's just delicious. I had a, a blizzard, and it's got, it's got, it's got chocolate and, 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 and Reese's Pieces and chips and all that other stuff. And, my, you know, I, I got a big one because I, I wanted the, the large size because I'm going to really enjoy this. My friend says that I'm a closet fat boy. And... Um, uh, and, and, and so, so I, I, I was eating it, and I was just really enjoying it. I was really into it. And my wife says, wow, Edwin, that looks really good. Can I have some? And I said, no. <laughs> she was actually startled. She was like, oh, my gosh, keep your, uh, keep your deal. And so, no, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. You know why? Because it's all about me. It's all about me. Now, that's silly, but there are certain things that are not so silly, are they? I am first. You know what I am? I am the wife who will browbeat and argue her husband to feeling like a little pea. You know why? Because I am first. I'm the husband who wants his wife to lose weight, and so he makes fun of her so that she feels shamed enough to go to the gym. You know what? Not because of her health issues but because I am first. You know what I am? I am the grandparent who ignores the child, my child, and spoils the grandchild so that the grandchild will be loyal to me. You know why? Because I am first. I am the kid 
who will pit mom against dad, and I know how to play them like a fiddle. And so I'll pit them against one another because I want what I want. And if they're fighting, then maybe they won't show so much focus on me. You know why? Because I am first. I'm the boss who will, who will abuse and work their people to the, work their fingers to the bone so that I could be seen as a productive person. You know what I am? I'm the church member who will move from church to church because I only got 92% of what I wanted in the service. I am first. I am first is the problem. I am first is the issue that we're going to deal with. And so I pray that the Lord would examine your hearts or that you would examine your hearts and ask God to put the floodlights on in your lives because the truth is the longer you live with an I am first attitude, the more strained your relationships will be, the less likely you are to have a healthy marriage, the more likely you are to be miserable. I am first. Now, I am first is the problem, but the good news is, is that all over the Bible, all over the Bible, God gives us direction to people like you and me who are bent towards selfishness, who are bent towards self-centeredness, who are bent towards getting our way or fighting until we do. Listen, the Bible is filled with instructions, and so today we are going to look at scriptures that speak not of being first, but of being something else. We're going to look at the book of Philippians. Philippians was written by a man by the name of Paul. He was an apostle. This apostle uh, was writing this letter from jail. So it wasn't a comfortable position that he wrote from. He was writing to a group of people, and he wanted them to learn some things about this inevitable thing in us that makes us want to be first. And so we find it in the book of Philippians chapter 2. Now, we have a, 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 a tradition here. We don't have many, but we have a few. Don't stand up just yet. I want to explain it first. In our church, the reason that we stand when we read God's word, this is the reason. Now, this is important. The reason that we stand when we read God's word is because we make a physical declaration that God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts that God's words get more play than my words, that I reverence God more than I reverence my ideas. It's God. So one of the ways we do that, right, like if you were in a, a political situation and the president walked in, even if you were a Republican, even if you were a Democrat, even if you liked the guy, you didn't vote for the guy, no matter what, listen to me, listen to me, you'd stand because you reverence the office. So we stand because we reverence his word and what he's about to say to us. So... With that in mind, I'll ask you to stand because we're going to hear the words of God. Amen. And quite frankly, some of you will wake up now. Thank you. And so, uh, okay, so um, here it is. I'm going to read about the first five verses out loud, and then you're going to join in somewhere around verse five, okay? I'll ask you to join in, and we'll all read it together, okay? Is that okay? All right, so let's read. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, 
And make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. If your relationship with one, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Everybody read with me, verse 6. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. May God bless the hearing and the reading of his word. Listen to me. Listen to me. Paul is writing to a people. He's writing to people who come to church, who say they love Jesus. And he's saying, listen, I don't want you to live a life of a vampire. I don't want you to live the me first life. I don't want you to live a life where it's my way or the highway. Because those people find themselves alone. Wishing that they hadn't destroyed the most significant relationships in their lives. Paul is desperately pleading, turn, listen, turn from me first living. Turn from vampire existence. Turn from it and live in Christ. Paul begins uh, in this, in chapter 2, by saying this, and this is so powerful. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete. Now, it's an interesting phrase. He goes, if, if, did you hear it over and over again? If any comfort from his love, if any tenderness and compassion, if, if, if. Paul is speaking to Christians, so he's not saying, hey, for some Christians, there'll be tenderness and compassion, and there'll be comfort from his love, and some, they won't. No, 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 that's not at all what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, since it's inevitable that if you're in Christ, you're going to be filled with love, you're going to be filled with compassion, you're going to be filled with the Spirit. It's inevitable, it's unavoidable. Life in the Spirit, life in Christ brings these things. It's almost... It's no different. It's kind of like when I go, um, like if my wife comes up to me, my wife, who's a tremendous cook, hates doing dishes. Any other women like that? Loves to cook, hates doing dishes? Yeah, right. My wife is like that. So she goes like that. So my wife might say, now she's never said this, but she could say something like this. If you have any love for me at all, wash the dishes. Now she's not questioning my love, I don't think, right? Or, or, or if you have kids, right? If you go, you go, listen, if you love me at all, clean your room. Right? Clean your little, you know, make your bed. You know, if you, right? It's that if, 
that it's not really a question of if, it's since, right? Since you love me, do this. Since you, and that's what Paul is doing. And then Paul, he goes on, and he gives him a sort of a, a, a test, like a sort of an examination. Remember what we said about vampires? There's a couple of different ways that you can tell if vampires are vampires. Well, there's one way, right? If, if a vampire is a vampire, one of the ways you could tell is by pulling garlic out, right? This smells really good, right? So you don't eat, if you're a vampire, you don't eat uh, spaghetti at Italian restaurants, right? Because garlic, oh no, no garlic, right? So that's one way you can tell if there's a vampire. Another way that you can tell uh, if there's a vampire around is that they repel crucifixes, right? That's another way you can tell if a vampire is around. It's like, oh no, crucifix, oh gosh. Well, they wouldn't even do that, could they? Because, right, because they're vampires and they can't do that. Right, so there's the crucifix. Another thing is that vampires are afraid of a stake through the heart, Right? Right? A stake through the heart. And that's as good as we get when it comes to stakes, right? Another way, another way that you could tell if a vampire is really a vampire is holy water. Now, let's test that theory. Let's see. Is there any vampires here? Let's see. There might be some over here. Let me see. Let me see. Some of y'all need to get awake. Yeah, I don't know. Uh All right. All right. All right. All right. You passed the test. Right? So there's holy water, right? There's, but the other one, right? The other one is the reflection piece, right? And so Paul, he's not putting up a mirror. He's putting up God's word and he's saying, look at yourself. Are you in Christ? Are you, fo-? listen, listen. Because I'm going to give you, right now, I'm going to give you the end of the sermon. This is the point of today's sermon. The opposite of I am first, or the solution that God is going to give us for the I am first syndrome that you and I struggle with, is this. I am second. I am second. I'm not first. I'm second. But there's two ways that God wants to communicate to us in this passage that we're second. The first is that I am second. Jesus, you're first. You get glory. You get fame. You get, listen, I take my pleasure from you. I don't, I don't argue with you. I don't fight. Listen, you are God and king and sovereign and all. I am second. But and then there's another way. And it's with one another. It's not just this sort of vertical, I am second, but it's also here, I am second. Now, I already hear some of your objections. <laughs> I ain't second. Uh-uh. I'm living for me. Listen, y'all ain't going to pay my bill. You ain't going to take care of me. No, no, no. I got to look out for me. If I don't look out for me, who's going to look out for me? If I don't take care of me, who's going to take care of me? I got to look out for me. And it's all about me. Beloved, your fangs are showing. And I just, I understand. Some of us have gone through great abuse, especially as children. Maybe you were like me. Maybe you walked into a room. Maybe an older man invited... This is what happened to me. I'm not talking about you. Maybe an older man invited you into a room and closed the door. And maybe like me, you died that day. Maybe, you know, dad left and you said, you know, I'm never going to be out of control again. I'm not going to let anybody do that to me. I'm never going to be... I'm going to be in control. And so you have to live as if I am first. 
Maybe you experienced all sorts of hardships and difficulties and that if you didn't kind of pull yourself up from your own bootstraps, maybe, maybe you would just be suffering more. Maybe, maybe that's you. I don't know. But I'm telling you, listen, that is not the way of the believer. The way of the believer doesn't try to defend themselves, protect themselves. The way of the believer is one who understands that they're before a holy God who knows far better than they. And says, God, I trust you. I don't know what this is about. This looks scary to me. You got Because I am second. And by God's grace, I can be second. Paul gives an exam. For vampires, there are, there's one exam. Today, I'm going to give you another. The exam that I'm going to give you is, I'm going to see, hey, listen, as we, put up, as we put up the instruction of God's word, as we allow God's word to examine our hearts, we're going to see, is, is there no reflection? Is God's word not reflected in our lives? Or am I radiating Christ? So you could examine yourself if you're a vampire or not. Here it is. Now, Paul gives us a few things in terms of uh, instruction. You're going to see it up here, right? And so that, you'll find that in the back of uh, in, in, your, in your bulletin. And we have what's called a sermon map. If you, if you turn it around in the back of the sermon map, you'll see it right there. Uh, it's right behind the scriptures. Okay. Now, on one side, it says no reflection. So when I talk about any one of these, if I talk about any one of these, you're going to look and you're going to examine your heart and you're going to say, oof. There's no reflection here. I absolutely want nothing to do with what you're saying. And you're going to just give a check mark there. And by the way, we're not going to collect the exams. We're not going to grade them. So if you want, and you're with your husband or your wife, you can cover up your exam, and you can uh, check whichever you want. But I want you to be honest, right? And then the other side says, radiate Christ. Do you see that column where it says radiate Christ? No, I'm radiating Christ. I absolutely reflect Christ. I absolutely um, uh, that is in my heart. So let's go through a quick exam, okay? You with me? That's not even mildly convincing. Okay, are you with me? Yes. All right, okay, so let's, let's try this again. Okay, so in, Paul gives us several different ways. He says, if there's any encouragement, if there, there's any comfort, if you're led by the Spirit, if you have any tenderness and compassion. So let's look at some of the things that might fall under these categories. Let's look under the encouragement first. And Bible, now listen, if... If you don't want to have anything, if you, if you don't love Jesus, right, the Bible is a, myth, is a myth. It's a book written full of lies. It's, it's just, it's full of mistakes and errors, and, and it can't be really trusted. Please, really, you live your life on that? And listen, or maybe some of you are simply apathetic. You just go, I, I don't care either way. I'm not, I don't think that it's a myth. I don't think that it's uh, uh, precious. I just don't think about it. It's... I think about the Bible like I think about Thor. You know, it's just not in my, in my frontal lobe. But for those who, are, who, those who are I am second people, who love Jesus, those, they see, they go, I can't wait. I can't wait to read God's word. I can't wait to, to find out what God would tell me. I can't wait till God reveals himself. I can't wait to spend time reading God's word. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Which one are you? Which one are you? Is there no reflection? 
And you go, well, I don't know. You go, oh, but I, listen, if you don't read God's word, then just put down no reflection. Just put down no reflection. I was talking to my daughter yesterday. It was so funny because, you know, we do devotionals. And one of the ways that we do them is we write out our prayers. It's, it's, for account, it's only for self-accountability. So I said, hey, so how are you doing in praying? She goes, I'm doing pretty good. I was like, no kidding. I was like, did you pray yesterday? She goes, I think so. I was like, well, if you think so, let's look at your notebook. I mean, that's right. Let's take the guessing game out of it, right? And so it turned out that she didn't pray yesterday. She prayed the day before, right? But then she didn't pray like three months since then, <laughs> right? Because it's easy to lie to ourselves. So our, our, you can't say that you love reading God's word if you don't actually read God's word. Which one is it? Is it no reflection or is it radiate Christ? Is this getting uncomfortable? Are we okay here? Because I know that just self-reflection can be difficult sometimes. But I want you to just be honest. Be honest. I'm not mad at you either way. This is a good thing. Okay. What about coming to service? Like, listen, listen. If you had to be coaxed, like if somebody has said, okay, listen, come, come to the service. If you come to the service, I'll buy you lunch. Or maybe your wife said, hey, listen, if you come to the service, it'll be a great evening tonight, right? Like if you have to be coaxed, to coming, if you don't want to connect with the body of Christ, if you don't want to connect with the church, remember, the church is not a place we go. The church is who we are. We are the church, right? And so if you don't want to connect with the church, if, you don't want to, if that's not a priority in your life, if you come one week and you can, you can miss it for four weeks and it's not a big deal and sometimes you come because you feel guilty but and then you don't or sometimes you come because of whatever reason, listen to me. If it's not something that it's a longing in your heart, then check one. Check one. Um, sharing the gospel, that's evangelism. Hey, do, those who, who know Jesus, those who love Jesus, we can't wait. We can't, I just got to tell you about Jesus. Listen, do you want to know about Jesus? Right? You talk, okay, let's talk about Jesus. We'll talk about you know, who won the UFC championship yesterday. But what I really want to talk about is Jesus. Jesus is so important to me. Just because he's so wonderful. Why would you want to keep that? Is there no reflection? Are we radiating Christ? Check one. What about um, prayer? Well, we talked about that a little bit in, in reading your Bible. But pray. To a specific time. I'm not talking about the kind of prayer that you do just kind of just before you get into work or on your way to um, the train station. I'm talking about a segregated time by itself where the phone is off, where the Facebook is not being checked, where the TV is uh, turned, down, turned off, where the phones are not being uh, answered, where it's just you and Jesus. It's a sacred time. It's just you and Jesus. Is that, is that time? Is that real? Is that? No? Yes? Or check one. Okay. What about, let's jump to comfort. Let's jump to comfort. Uh, it says, under comfort, it says, trust God. Now, are you full of anxieties when things don't go your way, when the bills come in, when, you're, when you don't see things happening in your time plan? Are you filled with anxieties or, and, and you keep them and you get worked up and worried, and I better take care of this or this is a bad deal? Or do you, with your fears and worries and concerns, run to Jesus and say, this is a big job. I, I hope you got this. You know, I know, I know this, this is too big for me, so you need to take care of this. Direct me, lead me, guide me. Which one is it? Is there no reflection? Is there radiating Christ? Money. Money. Is your money yours? Are you absolutely refusing to be generous? Do you not give 
to your local community so that people, and especially when you get to this, when you get to this church, people go to detox, people get into three-quarter houses. I mean, people hear the gospel. People, listen, is, is money like a taboo thing for you? Are you getting mad that I brought up money and put it on the list? If you are, your fangs are showing. If you're, if you're getting upset right now that I'm talking about money, Let's keep on moving. Led by the Spirit. Jump down to there. Are you worshiping God in all you do? Like when you go to work, or, uh, listen, boss, you know, you might be a pain in the neck, but I'm doing this to worship Jesus, right? I'm serving and worshiping Jesus. The Bible says in everything that we do, do it all for the glory of God. That means do it with gratefulness, thankfulness. I can't wait. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability because I'm grateful that God has given me the ability to do this. Are, are you a worshipful person? Do you thank God? Do you, do you celebrate? Okay. Tenderness and compassion. Jump down to tenderness and compassion and jump down to conflict. Listen to me. Would the people around you say you love conflict? He just loves fighting. You just want to argue about everything. Do the people around your life say that about you? Are you radiating Christ when it comes to conflict? Like when conflict comes to you, are you the kind of person who makes it and stirs it and grows it and develops conflict until it's an explosion? Or are you a person who says, you know what, Jesus is here. Let's pray. Let's, let's talk through this. Let's, let's address this. Which one are you? See, here's, here it is, beloved. I, 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 want you to, I want you to see whether or not Christ is first in your life. Because if Christ is not first, you'll never be able, listen to me, you'll never be able to humbly serve others. It'll always be about you. It'll always, and God forbid, you don't want to live that life. You don't want that to be your story. So now, here's my question to you. Have you given your heart to Christ? Is Christ number one? Is he first in your life? No. No. Are you radiating Christ or is there absolutely no reflection of the Spirit of God working in your life? No. There's there's not a longing for Jesus. You could change that today. Right now, don't wait for the end of the sermon. Go, Jesus, I'm I'm a sinner. And quite frankly, I want to be the shot caller in my life. Even though I want you with me, I don't want you in me. And I would much rather identify myself, do life my way. And if there's something that I do that you don't like, then you're cut off. Don't do that. Don't do that. If. Surrender your heart to Jesus. Say, right now, make a declaration. You know what, Jesus? I, just, you're first. You're first. I'm second. I'm second. I'm going to praise and glorify and lift up and celebrate and fame the name of Jesus because he's glorious and he's wonderful. Let's keep on going as we... Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one mind. Do nothing out of, verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Okay, now this word nothing is a very interesting word in the Greek. You know that the Bible was written in Greek and then translated into all the languages that it's translated. It's written in a particular type of Greek, Koine Greek. And so um, this word nothing is a Greek word. Do you know what it means, nothing? 
Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Do you know, it's a, it's a pretty interesting nuance. It means, listen, listen, nothing. No thing. Oh, yeah, but, but if they did what I wanted them to do, then they would be better. No, 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 no. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. But, but if, if they just do what I tell them, if they just stop, if they just start, if they just continue, if they just, listen, listen, listen. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Nothing. Yeah, but you don't understand my husband. Listen, You don't understand my wife. Nothing. Yeah, but are you saying that I'm going to let my kids uh, just continue going down the wrong road and destructive life? Not at all. Not at all. But you do it from a different place. You don't do it from a place of selfish ambition. You do it from a place of recognizing that I am And then I can ask God and I can trust God to do in your life what I see clearly, but I don't think you see so clearly. You know why? Because I am second. Now, we're in, I have to take a pause because we're in the recovery house of worship and some of you are interpreting my words ridiculously. And so I just want to point that out. Here's the objection. Here's what the deal is. So what happens is, is that we have people in our community, right, who who will date someone who's unfaithful, unreliable, a liar, and just, and they go, but they keep on going back to the guy. And what they do is they say, oh, look, look, remember your message? I am second. So I'm just loving him where he's at. No, 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 no. Love him where he's at somewhere else. Okay, go somewhere else and love him like that. Don't love, no, no, love him with postcards, okay? Don't love him. Listen to me. You know, That's not called love. You know what the Bible calls that? Idolatry. You know what the world calls that? Codependence. And codependence is not codependence. Codependence sounds like sweet and cute. It's not codependence. It's called manipulation. You know what codependence is, right? Codependence is simply like I'll do for you, and even though I don't say it, in the back of my mind, I'm hoping that you will do for me. So I'm going to remain in this, listen, I'm going to remain in this dead dead and stinking relationship. The reason is, is because I'm eventually going to get what I want, which is the security and the love that I've been looking for all my life. Oh my, that's selfish ambition. That's foolishness. And some of you have just tuned me out. I understand. I understand. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. That's not the kind of love we're talking about. That kind of love is that kind of love is going back to the vampire lifestyle that you used to have. I don't want it for you. I don't want it. I love you. I'm your pastor. I don't want that for you. What we're talking about is going, whether I get the thanks or don't get the thanks, whether I get the friendship or don't get the friendship, whether I get the raise or don't get the raise, whether the kids do what I want them to do or don't, I'm going to lovingly, and in some cases I'm going to say, plead with people, I'm just going to love them, and I'm just going to go, no, don't do that. And in other cases I'm going to go, I love you so much, I can't give you money. I can't. If I give you money, you're going to hurt yourself again. And with other people, we're going to say, I love you so much, I can't let you stay in this house because it's protecting you from all of your consequences. 
And you're going to say to some of your children, I love you so much, I'm not going to defend you at school because the fact is, is that you need to experience some of the consequences in your life because of the foolish things that you're... I'm not going to bail you out because I love you. I'm not... You see, you see because I am second means... No, but if, if, oh, I can't do that. I can't... Listen to me. Listen to me. We're not talking about being codependent. We're talking about true love. Let's race, guys. We have almost no time. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. And everybody read verse 4 with me. Not looking to your... Okay, let's try this again on a count of three. One, two, three. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Are you saying that I'm supposed to... Uh, forget about what I want when dealing with other people? Uh-huh. Yeah. Novel idea, right? Are you saying that, listen, listen, men, this is what it means for you in your marriage. It means that you take out your wife without expecting for there to be a payoff in the evening. Do you understand what I'm saying? Wife, it doesn't, it, this means that you don't try to manipulate your husband and act nice and cook the meal for him so that he could buy you this particular thing. See, we, that's not what we're doing. We're not, we're not going back to manipulation. We're going back to a surrenderedness, trusting that Jesus do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Now watch this. If we just did this one verse... Our marriages, our relationships, our workplaces, everything would change overnight. Overnight it would change. Listen to me. Listen to me. Some of us. You know what the problem is? The problem isn't that I am first. You know what the problem is with somebody? With some of us? The problem is, is that the other people in our lives did not get the memo of who we really are. Oh, you just don't know who I am. Oh, you didn't get the memo? I'm about to tell you. Right? Special delivery. I'll let you know who I am. You can't treat me. You can't speak to me. You can't act that way in front of me. You can't behave this way in front of me. See, the problem for some of us is that they haven't been informed about who we are. Listen to me. Let's look at this verse. Listen. And what we do is we fight for our rights rather than kneeling before God by our responsibilities. We follow our rights. We say, no, I deserve this. You don't know who I am. You can't do this. And we say, no, 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 listen. who being, verse 6, actually, let's go to verse 5, in your relationships with one another have the same mindset of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. If anybody could have said, oh, wait, 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 you just don't know who I am, it was Jesus. If anybody could have said, you didn't get the memo, um, and make you disappear, right? Right? If, oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. Before you, before you put that nail in my hand, um, I, you know, I could make it disappear. Like, if anybody had the right to say, you don't know who I am, it was Jesus. And listen to what he did with all his who being in very nature God. This is God in a bod. This is the king himself, the creator of the universe, the one who would come for you and for me. 
he used all of his power, all of his influence, all of his strength, all of his, of who he was, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God, listen to this part, something to be used to his own advantage. Did you get that? Oh, but, but listen, I'm the man of the house, and she's got to act, yeah, yeah, shh. Yeah, but I'm the parent here. And they go, listen, 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 I understand. I understand. What would it be like if you used all of your influence and all of your power and all of what you have for the benefit of someone else? That's what it means to be second. Using all of your influence, all of your power, all of your... Everything, all of your finances, all of your, not for my benefit, but for yours. Hey, how can I serve you? You know, here's the problem. If I do that, people are going to actually take me up on it. If I do that, people are going to want, they're going to take advantage of me. Beloved, listen to me. Jesus laid down his life. It's silly, right? Husbands. It's silly for us to think, but if I tell that to my wife, she's going to make me want to put that Ikea furniture together and all that other stuff. How silly do you sound? Jesus laid down his life. Oh, but if I ask that of my husband, he's going to take advantage. Listen, 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 listen. Let Jesus change your husband's heart. Yeah, but if I, if I say to my kids, how can I serve you? Well, if they ask you to do things that are going to harm them, you go, I'm going to serve you by not giving you that but I am going to use all of my power, all of my influence, all of who I am for your benefit. Verse 7. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. There's so much here. I wish we had four hours. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess or acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I'm closing. Listen to me. Wouldn't it be something if throughout the rest of this week you took Jesus' example and said, you know what I'm going to do? At my job, I'm going to use my position at my job. I'm going to use my influence at my job. I'm going to use my power. I'm going to use my money. I'm going to use everything that I am for the benefit of others. What if you went, what if you went through the day and said, you know what? I am second. That what God has given me, influence, power, my title, my, my prestige, everything, what God has given me, he's given me for the benefit of others. Your home would be radically changed. Your marriage would go from fighting every day. Could you imagine going, honey, um, I, got a, I got a bonus at, at work, and I just don't know what better use this finances can go to but to get you that thing that you've been asking for. Or to, or, or, honey, or, or children. You know what? I'm drained. I'm tired. I just come home from work. I'm exhausted. But the little energy that I have I want to pour into you. Yeah, thanks, Mom. No, really. <laughs> I remember I would, I would, I still do this with my kids. I go, hey, how you doing? Try to talk to them. And you know what they do? They shut me out. You know what I do? I get a book. And I lay down on the floor of their room. And I read. 
45 minutes later, usually it takes. I used to do it without the book, but and then I would want to shoot some. I didn't even love Jesus after that 45 minutes. I'm doing nothing there, waiting for a conversation for 45 minutes. It used to drive me crazy. So now I bring a book, and I read a book, and I'm in their room while they're either texting or doing stuff like that. And then 45 minutes later, I'll get, you know what Vanessa did? I go, really? Tell me. I was like, no, she didn't. Right? <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me. Because I'm going to use my energy, my influence, my power for your benefit, not for mine. I'm going to use my finances, my position. For, I'm, going to be, I'm going to have the mindset of Jesus. Remember what it said there? Your children would never be the same. Your marriages would never be the same. Your work environments would never be the same. And I'm not talking about a little bit more manipulation. I'm not talking about, well, I'm going to do this, so and then people will realize that I'm doing this, and then they'll reward me and give me. No, 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 no. I'm talking about death on a cross. I'm talking about saying, I am second because you are number one. And because you are number one, I can be second here. Now, this would be a horrible sermon. This would be a horrible sermon if I just closed it out right now and said, go ahead, go for the rest of the week, and here's the big idea. I am second. Use your power, your energy, and your deal. Just use that. Go. Be like Jesus. Go. Because you know what would happen after five minutes, right? After doing it the first time and it not working out the way you wanted it, it's like, what? I'm not second. I'm number one. Matter of fact, I'm, no, I'm number one with a vengeance now. Boy, I'm number one on steroids. Boy, if I, was, if I was number one before, I'm really number one. I am pre-one now, right? And it's like, because if you do it on your own strength, that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to revert back to your old thing. But let me tell you, let me just tell you a story. Let me tell you, let me tell you something that happened in history. There was one, the father who was looking down on his people, or on people. And he looked down and he saw, and I could just see this. This is not in the Bible. This is just in my imagination. I see this conversation happening. And he turns to Jesus in the Trinity, in the Godhead. And he says, they're heading to hell. They want nothing to do with me. They're number one. They want nothing more than just to use me when they need me. But they don't want to have relationship with me. And I can see Jesus hearing the Father's word and saying, what would it take to save them? Can you hear what the Father said? Somebody would have to pay the penalty for their sin. Somebody would have to die for them. Somebody would have to stand up and say, I'll be second. And could you hear Jesus' response? I'll be second. And so Jesus comes from heaven to earth. And he lives the life that you should have lived, but you did not. And he dies the death that you deserve to die, but don't have to. And as the people spit in his face, he looks at them and says, I'll be second for you. And as they, as they center the nail on his hand and they, and they move back the, the hammer, he looks into their eyes and he says, I'll be second for you. 
And as he sees you steeped in your sin, rebellious, God, I want nothing to do with you. I want nothing. He goes, listen, beloved, listen, okay, 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 I hear you, I hear you, but listen, so you know, I'll be second for you. And he dies. And he bleeds. And he rises from the grave. And he ascends back to heaven and says, listen to me, listen to me. I'm not going to be with you. I'll be in you. I'll be strengthening you. I'll be encouraging you. I can, you invite me in and I'll come in. I don't want you to invite vampires in who'll suck the life out of you. I want you to invite me in who will strengthen and encourage and draw you to himself. And where you don't have strength, I'll give you strength. And where you don't have the will, I'll give you the will. And where you don't have the desire, I'll give you the desire. And when you don't have the ability, I'll be that ability in you. Jesus, my wife, she's treating me so disrespectfully and I just want to change her. I want to correct her. Wait, but because you were second, I can be second with her. Honey, I love you. And I don't want us to talk like this to one another. Let's find a better way. Or with the boss. Because Jesus was... Because Jesus is not asking us to do anything that he won't do in us. And through us. And what he wants us to learn today is that he said, I am second, so that we now could live. I am second. Let's pray. Father, this message lands in so many different places with us. And Lord, the truth is, it's a scary lesson. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be second. I want my own way, Lord. I want what I want when I want it. I don't want to have to use my finances, use my ability, use my my status, use my power, use my influence for the benefit of others. I want, I want you to do this in me because I can't. So, Father, I pray, I pray, oh God, that you move in a powerful way, powerful way. And Satan, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. You have no value here. And we ask you, oh God, that you would center us into this teaching that you give us. Help us to be second. Help us to have the wisdom to know what to do with what we just heard. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Now listen to-